Hello, this is Matthew Johnson, and I'm the pastor of the sanctuary here in Columbus, Indiana. Welcome to our podcast. I pray today's message inspires and challenges you. Feel free to visit us at thesanctuary.church if we can serve you in any other way. So now, let's head to church where we are in session. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I know this. Every attack that comes against you, the Lord is going to turn it around. Now, we have a very special speaker today. I happen to be in love with this speaker. I hope you know who that is. Rebecca Johnson is a Christian. She is... Someone just laugh. <laughs> she is a woman of God, and she's an amazing mother of two kids and two crazy dogs. And today, she's nervous about speaking, but she's going to be anointed and powerful. God is going to use her. And she wanted to give all of the moms a special gift, and she will talk about that. For the next few moments, as she shares this word. Thank the Lord. Let's thank our AVL team for everything that they do. I thought maybe it was sound effects for the scripture about the Nile River she's about ready to speak about. But would you please help me? Welcome my wife, the mother of my children, the first lady of this church, Sister Becca Johnson. Isn't God good? Let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you what you're going to do today for every mom that's represented, Lord, and every child, every father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I believe God has something great for us today. And if you want to have a seat, you may have a seat. The Lord is so good. I would like to say happy Mother's Day to every mom that is here. I know that you iron clothes for your family, even though it's Mom's Day, so hats off to you. And I know Mom's Day could just be as chaotic as any other Sunday. And can I get an amen? <laughs> but you're here, so thank you. Before I begin, I would like to honor my two beautiful children that God gave to me, and they allowed me to have the title as mother. Avery and Jace both have sacrificed so much to follow their dad and I as we followed God's will. Today's emotional for me. It marks a new beginning for me today. Abrae graduated from high school last year. She gave up her high school scholar, she gave up her college scholarship to the Mo Mobile University to come here to Columbus to be with all of us. And I want to say thank you, Abrea. <laughs> Abrea, God sees you. And God is going to bless you, and he honors the sacrifice that you made to be here with us. And Jace, my happy little fella, 
you had many best friends there in Alabama and you loved all those trips to the beach. By the way, we spent every Mother's Day the last four years going to the beach, but today we get the rain. <laughs> Singing in the rain, right? But thank you, Jace, for sacrificing those amazing friendships that you had and you have a lot of great memories to fall back onto. And thank you, Jace, for falling in love with Indiana and just grasping it. Thank you for never complaining. Thank you for never looking back. The Lord will reward you for that, Jace. And last but not least, to my two fur babies, Opie, Taylor, and Ginger Lou. Thank you for allowing me to be your doggy mom. These two try my patience over and over. The many baths of digging in the dirt, coming in with mud all over. But someday, I promise, I am going to buy their dad a cat. Meow. <laughs> Last but not least, I want to honor Sister Mitchell on this Mother's Day. deserving. Sister Mitchell, for over the past 41 years, 41, think about that, 41 years, has poured into each one of you, your families, your children, your grandchildren, and to some that even have passed on. She's given many Bible studies. She's cried many tears. She's had many sleepless nights as a mother would over her hurting children. And I want to let you know, Sister Mitchell, that I don't take for granted the baton you passed on to me. And I hope that I can follow your footsteps. I will never be able to fill your amazing big shoes, but I pray to God that the Lord will give me the humility that you have to serve this amazing church. So thank you. Today, you see two beautiful, gorgeous arrangements here. And to me, it's like two pillars I have. I have Sister Mitchell right here, and I have all the amazing ladies that was in this church and that has went on and passed, that has served and gave so much into this church. Two great pillars, I believe, that the Lord has given me to help me today. But I realize that Mother's Day is not always a joyful occasion for some, for some of us ladies. Some of you have not been able to bear a child, and Mother's Day is a yearly reminder. And I want you to know I did pray for you this morning because I know it was hard once again. For all of you that have lost a mother, I understand your pain. My mom went on to be with the Lord 21 years ago. Leukemia took her so too much soon. My mom was a godly lady that feared the Lord and had an amazing walk with the Lord. She was an amazing pillar in my life. My mom birthed over 40 songs that she wrote herself that the Lord gave to her. She was a lady of worship. 
I pray today that I could share my heart and give you a glimpse of her life. She taught me how to be a leader, a pastor's wife, and a mom, a mother that had unconditional love, and I hope my children sees that. If you are here and you lost your mom, remember that you can allow her legacy to live in your life the way you live it through this day. And to sweet Caroline, sweet Caroline, she came all the way here from sweet home Alabama to be with us and our family. She uprooted and left her own family to be with us. And I'm so thankful that you came. Let's give a hand clap to my stepmom, Caroline. So thankful to have my family here. I want to leave today a quick thought with you so you can enjoy your Mother's Day and your family. I promise I'm not gonna keep you long. It's raining outside anyway and you don't wanna walk in it, so just bear with me. So today I want to turn to Exodus 2, 1 through 10, the NIV version. I love NIV, it's easy for me to understand. So now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Could you imagine hiding a baby for three months? Oh my goodness, the crying and the tears, and it would be hard to hide a child that young. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a piper's basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. She then placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Could you imagine her hiding in fear? Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and saw her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to, to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. And she felt so sorry for him, as any young lady would. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? See, his sister must have not been far away. She was watching to see what was going to happen. Yes, go. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. For a few moments, I want to speak to you on this thought, the greatest gift a mother can give. Can you see Jochebed working that day? She was cleaning her house, just imagine. And boy, did she have a house to clean. Just imagine those dirt floors. They just wouldn't get clean enough. The dust. Miriam had left her laundry out. They had laundry hanging on strings. They didn't have a washer and dryer as we did today. And little Aaron, oh, he had his toys strung all around the house asking for more fishy crackers and juicy juice. And there was pregnant Jochebed. Oh my goodness, I remember those days. She was so exhausted. She swept through the house that day and she could feel the baby moving. The baby would come at any time. 
Her prayer that day was that God would allow her to have a baby girl. Why? All we want really is a healthy baby nowadays. That's all we want. But this was different. Because Pharaoh had an order to kill all the Hebrew boys. Pharaoh was very angry because God's people were getting stronger and stronger and they were multiplying. It made him scared. And he ordered all the baby boys to be killed and that would mean hers if this was a son. The thought of having her baby ripped from her arms to be killed, it was so unbearable. Imagine in your mind having this beautiful baby boy given to you and a soldier coming, ripping it out of your arms and throwing that baby into the Nile as he ordered. I couldn't imagine. Just the thought of it made her so scared. All she could do is lay her hands on her belly and pray over her baby. Lord, if this is a son, please, Lord, make a way some way. And that one kick as she prayed, as she felt the baby kick through her belly. Only God knew what was ahead. Then suddenly, a pain came. Maybe from all the stress and the worry and the fear of what lied ahead. She knew it was time for the baby to arrive. No epidural. That poor lady. <laughs> Thank God for medicine. I can imagine the pain that she had that day. Ladies, I just want to say this. We all deserve a badge of honor for delivering a child. Men, you have no idea. Oh my goodness. To all the dads here, this is a cue to spoil your wife today. They deserve it. And we all know that Amram and Jochebed, they welcomed a baby boy. Seeing that baby boy come into the world for the very first time, if I could have you just imagine the moment that the nurse said, it's a baby boy. The fear, but yet joy, all at the same time, had to be so overly emotional. I'm sure that they said, oh, he is so handsome. But did they have the promise to say, oh, I can't wait to see how God uses his life? I don't know what they thought in that moment. But seeing their boy, I'm sure, brought such joy for the first time. Excitement about the baby's arrival, it was fear. But I'm sure they fell in love with him the same. We all fell in love with our babies when we first saw them for the first time. He was a child that she was praying for. But what was going to happen now? Were the soldiers going to come and get their little baby boy and throw him into the Nile? Miriam obviously was old enough. She knew what was going on. As his sister, she found out that he was, she had a little brother. I'm sure the fear gripped her heart. What was going to happen to my baby brother? I don't know how old Aaron was, but he maybe has the same, was scared. All they could do as a family was huddle together and pray, God, save this child. You gave this child to us for a reason and for a purpose. We need your help in this moment. But let's be honest, 
Sometimes it's hard to trust and to put things into God's hands. We as humans prefer to hold it all in our own hands when things get tough. Jochebed, she hid her baby boy. She just couldn't help but hide him. Every time he would cry, she would try to grab him and huddle him. Shh, shh, it's going to be okay. We don't want the soldiers to hear. She would hold him and just kind of grip him and help him. And each day she was seeing him grow. His hair was getting curly. Oh, wasn't that cute? He was making baby noises and he was smiling whenever they would say, Oh, Gucci, Gucci, Goo. She fell more in love with him than ever. But she knew it would not last forever. Or her little boy would be killed if they found out she was hiding a little boy. And maybe their whole family would be killed. Tears fell down her face. I could just imagine the day that she realized he was getting too noisy. He was going to be found. And she was decided that she had to take things into her own hands to save not only his little life, but his family's life. That day, I can imagine as she was making the basket, if you want to imagine with me, she was putting it all together, pitching it in and out, protecting, putting protectant water around so the water wouldn't get inside and the tears flowing down into it. As she was preparing to send her little baby into the river, I am sure that Miriam and Aaron were afraid too as they saw what she was doing. Will this be the last time we see our baby brother ever again? I'm sure that Amram, his dad, kissed his little boy for the last time as he had to go to his placement as a slave for the day. Obviously, he couldn't go with her to the river. She had to go alone. Can you imagine having to let him go? The faith she had, I'm sure. Lord, I'm placing this baby into this river, God. Lord, if you hear my prayers, if you hear my cry, oh, Jesus, here's my baby. Take care of him, Lord. And I'm sure Miriam was right next to her and Aaron crisping their mother's skirt. And she walked away as she placed him into the water, hopes that somebody would find her baby boy. But there, in a distance, someone was coming near the basket. Miriam and her mama, I'm imagining. I know if I was a mama, I would be hiding somewhere or seeing what the lowdown was going to be. Miriam was like, Mama, Mama, look, someone's coming near the basket. And I'm sure Mama said, Go near, sweetheart, go near and see what's going on. Because she was smaller and she wouldn't be obviously to be seen. As Miriam, I'm sure she creeped over to where the, the basket was laying. And as this, they came and they grabbed the baby. And Pharaoh's daughter said, is that a baby? And the servant said, yes, ma'am, it's a baby. She said, bring the baby over here. And soon as... The baby was open the basket and it was cute. I think Pharaoh's daughter, the Lord had to come over her and put an immediate love for this baby in her heart. 
What else would have happened if it hadn't happened? That baby could have been killed in that moment. As she grabbed the baby out of the basket, she said, this is one of the Hebrew children's baby. Wow. I need someone to nurse this baby. And then here comes Miriam out of the word. That's my brother. Hey, I know someone that's going to save the baby. I know someone that can nurse the baby. I'm getting nervous here. (laughs) I know someone that can nurse the baby. And Pharaoh's daughter said, oh, good. Can you go fetch her little girl? And little girl's, oh, yeah, she's right over there hiding under the bush. (laughs) I'm sure that Jochebed's heart was skipping beats. Could you imagine? My baby, I get to go nurse my baby. Pharaoh's daughter even said, I will pay you wages to nurse the baby. My word, God had favor. God has a favor on every one of your lives. He hears your prayers just like he heard Jochebed's prayers. He is that kind of a God. I am sure during those tender years of Moses' life, she gripped onto every single moment. Could you imagine if you had to give your child away to serve Egyptian gods, false doctrine, and not knowing why his life would be ahead of him? He's going to go into the king's courts and live. My baby, I have only a short span to teach my baby about the God of Israel. I'm sure the moment she picked that baby up and nursed him and cuddled him and and laid him down at night, I am sure she told him many, many great stories. Stories about Abraham and Sarah. Stories about Adam and Eve and Noah, maybe. As mothers, we have short time with our kids. 18 years might seem like a long time, mamas, but it's not. And if we're honest with ourselves, really, by the time they're teenagers, you're already pretty dumb. They're not going to listen. I still remember praying over my belly when my kids were born. Abria kicked when I ate watermelon. She loves watermelon to this day still. And Jace kicked when I ate strawberries, and he still loves strawberries to this day. And I'm sure you have memories of what your kids enjoyed whenever they were in your belly. Those little nudges when they kicked me were reminders to pray over my child whenever they would kick inside my womb. Then after they were born, I can remember so many times praying for my kids and rocking them to sleep. A few times as I would pray, I remember my kids Many times, actually, as I would pray, they would fall asleep in my arms. Life is so crazy when they're young, aren't they? You take those moments whenever they cuddle you and you can pray over them or sing to them. You, you just hang on to those moments, but then you get to the bottle stage. You're like, oh my goodness, I can't wait till this is over. I can't wait till they can hold their own bottle. Then you want to get to through that diaper stage because it's so much money and changing diapers is no fun, said anyone ever. 
Then, if I could get through this teething stage, oh my word, the sleepless nights. Thank God for Tylenol and ibuprofen. Oh my word, we went back and forth, back and forth. And then that accident-prone stage, oh my word. Then we get through the teenage years, and Lord, my God, help us. The talking back, or the anger fits, or the little tantrums, oh my goodness. Thank God I'm through that pretty much. (laughs) I still have Jace. Avery is pretty good. No, Jace is good. It happens so quickly. Perhaps you question God in the moments that your kids are acting up or life is is getting tough, whenever finances are getting hard, you don't know how you're going to be able to buy your kids another set of shoes and you worry, oh God, where is this money going to come from? They're growing so much I can't keep up. The finances are really tight already, but they they need clothes. It gets hard, it gets tough. But yes, in those moments, Even whenever it doesn't make sense, God always makes a way and he provides. He provides every single time. He is so good because you are a praying mama. A praying mama makes such a difference. But what happened to that little baby? God heard Jacobed's prayers. He grew up. He got stronger. He became a man. He... Grew up in Pharaoh's home, and I can't help but imagine that God put something deep inside his heart as a young boy when his mom would tell him those stories about the God of Israel. Whenever Pharaoh's family would go to worship the false gods, I couldn't imagine that he could accept that. He had the hand of God upon his life. Mamas, when your kids go to school, and they hear there is no God. We believe in evolution or, you know, there's a whole different scheme out there. There's, we're just here by chance. When you pray over your babies, you pray that that noise is blocked out of their minds. This world wants to taint that. There is a God. Children, young men, young girls, there is a God. He cares for you and he does hear your prayers. Even in the moments whenever you feel like he's not there, I promise you, your God is there. He has not left you. He is close as a mention of his name. All you have to say is, Jesus, I need you right now. In this moment, he will not leave you. He is a good God. Just like Jochebed, It is possible to raise up a godly child in this ungodly world. Will your babies make mistakes? Yes. Mama, will you make a mistake? Yes. Dads, will you make a mistake? Many. We all do. None of us are obsolete from that. Even Moses, he made some mistakes. He let his anger get out of hand so bad that he killed a man. Yet God still loved Moses. All those prayers that his mother prayed over him were never forgotten by God, all because of a mother's prayer, I firmly believe. Today, I'm calling every mother to continue to pray over your children. Don't stop. Don't get weary. Don't just get tired of the constant trying to encourage them and urge them. You keep on praying. You keep on believing and you keep the faith that God has got a promise and a purpose for your children. 
Today, mamas, I have a gift for you. In these boxes in front of me lies a prayer cloth for you. And this prayer cloth is not a cloth of magic, but this prayer cloth is something that you can pray over for your babies. Lord, take my baby. Protect my baby from drugs. I hate drugs. Drugs is not going to take a hold of my family in Jesus' name. People don't like to say it, but Lord, protect my baby from having sex before marriage in Jesus' name. Keep my baby pure until they get married. It needs to be talked about. Abstinence before marriage is very important. It's biblical. Lord, protect my baby from the world that wants to make sure and try to make them feel that there is no God. Let them know that you are God. Let them have a fear of you within them. Build pillars in their lives. Build an altar for your babies. This is a representation of your faith, Mama. You can lay this prayer cloth in their room. Somewhere you can hide it where they can't find it. Staple it to the bottom of their dresser. You can put it in their backpack. Sister Alice told me just this week, she said, we used to put prayer cloths in our kids' backpacks before they went to school. How amazing is that? What a great idea. What that is stating for the ones that don't understand, what it is stating is, I'm marking my baby and protecting my baby from what the enemy would try to do to them at school. My child is marked by the hand of God and my prayers. That's what it's claiming. That's what it's representing. All right, girls. Right here is a beautiful bottle of oil that is inside your boxes as well. This oil is not a magic potion. I sure wish it was, but it's not. But it is well as a representation of your faith. I have had many moments where I have taken my bottle of oil and I have marked on top of my kids' doorways, my front door, my bedroom. I've marked my whole house. I just poured a bottle all over it. <laughs> but I pray over my home. What it is stating is stating, Satan, this is the house of God. You are not welcome here. In the name of Jesus. That's what you are claiming. You are staking your claim, mamas. Nobody else is going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. You can't ask somebody to come and do it for you. You have to stake the claim yourself in your prayers and marking your claim. Today, 
the leaders and ministers of the church came and prayed all over these prayer cloths and anointing oil. They have been prayed for. And thank you, leaders and ministers, for doing that. I have a scripture I want to read to you in Acts 19, 11 through 12. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons and who that touched them were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. And I believe that we have that same power today. Today. It wasn't just for yesterday, but today. You can use this cloth. You can anoint it with oil. Pray over it. I believe firmly. You could take this to somebody that's in the hospital and sick. And say, I have prayed over this for you. And I believe by faith that you are going to be healed in the name of Jesus. That's what this represents, your faith. They have that. They can pin it to them. They're like, somebody had faith for me. Someone believed that God is going to heal me. I believe that there is power through faith and actions of it. I don't know what you need today. I know what some of you need, but I don't know what you all need today. But I know that God wants to meet your need, and he cares about where you are. I am here today because I had a praying mother. I had so many times that I doubted my own calling and my own purpose. I grew up watching a godly mother pray. I remember walking home from school and I rode the bus. I remember walking in the doors and we had just a little, little bitty tiny home. And in the front room was a piano that took up the whole room. <laughs> and I remember seeing my mama sit there at the piano playing and just singing. She had written another song and the tears just flowing down her face. And I remember her praying, and I knew to just go to my room. You see, my mom did not have a perfect life. She had two sons that was into drugs. My mom raised them the right way. My dad raised them the right way, but they chose to go a different direction. But she kept praying. And she kept believing that unconditional love, mamas. Even though your son might, or daughter might not do what you want them to do, you never stop loving those babies. You never stop. God gave them to you for a reason. They are yours. I remember that my mom would pray until the power of God would fill our home. I could feel it so thick you could slice it with a butter knife. I grew up in a home of prayer. I remember watching my mom anoint our home. She would ask God to protect our family. You see, to call on the name of Jesus over your children in your home brings a peace, a peace that I can't even explain 
When you walk in the home, you know, this is where the Spirit of God dwells. There is a peace, a calmness from this world. I'm thankful that growing up, my parents gave Bible studies. Thank you, Dad. I remember when my mom would see my brothers bring in some of their friends that were all stoned and drugged up. She'd be fixing supper. She said, sit down. You need a nice hot meal. She cared for them. She didn't like what they did, but she cared for them. And if they took the hot meal, guess what they got out of it? They got a Bible study, whether they liked it or not. And that's the reason why my mom would pray over our home all the time is because the spirits that they would bring with them. She would pray for those spirits to not attach itself into our home. And I, honest to God, believe that's what salvaged me. And I am so grateful for my mother's prayers. You need to be thankful for your mother's prayers. I didn't mean to say this, but at my mom's grave, I walked to my mom's graveside one time. I've been to my mom's grave three times. I can't go to it, it's too hard for me. But the last time I went to my mom's grave, and it's been several years now, we walked up to her gravesite, and there were some roses that had already been wilted away. And there was an envelope, and I should have brought that with me. And then the envelope was two pennies. And on the back of the envelope, it was misspelled, and it said, thank you for giving your two cents and showing me who Jesus is. That's the legacy my mom left, and it was probably from someone that was addicted. I pray over my children the same as my mom prayed over me. One year, not long ago, I don't have a picture of it, and the, the rock is in your office. I forgot to bring it out. One year, we were at church camp. We were youth presidents in Missouri District, and we went early to get prepared for camp. And I was fixing Avery's hair at this bed. And I always pray over my kids. Even when I was fixing her hair when she was little, I would silently be praying for her. It's just something I just have always done. And I remember she was sitting at the bed. We were in this little bitty cabin. My husband was in the mirror. He was shaving. And Jace was in the other room in his bouncy seat. This is a true story. There was a mower outside on this lawn mower, on this mower, big, huge mower, industrial mower. And they were mowing the the area before the campers arrived. And I was fixing Avery's hair, and all of a sudden, this huge rock, huge, came flying through the window, and it barely missed my head by inches. It knocked into the wall, and it almost missed my husband where he was shaving by inches. And then it went into the other room where Jace was in his bouncy seat. And the fear gripped us all at the same time. We said, Jace! And we walked in to that room, and that rock was right in front of his bouncy. Tell me that prayers do not make a difference, even whenever you're in a different moment or a different setting. God protects your babies. He goes ahead. 
if it wasn't for a mama's daily protection over her family, over her home, over her kids. I might not have one of my children here today. I'm so thankful that the Lord birthed within me as a young girl to have a prayer life and a walk with God. Young girls, start now. Don't wait until later. Start now. Start a prayer life. Start a walk with God. It's never too late to start, Mom. If you don't have a prayer life, you can start today. It's a daily walk. It's a not come to church, come to church walk. As I drive in my car around this town, as I pull up into this parking lot, I don't know every one of you, but I pray for every one of you. As your spiritual mom now, I care for you. I care where your soul is. If you died tomorrow, would you be ready to meet Jesus? I care so deeply for you. And I do pray for every one of you. If I could ask every mom to come up to the front in this moment, praise team. The Lord is so good. He is in this place. Do you feel him? I feel him in this moment. And I'm going to ask every young lady that does not have a child and is married, I would like for you to come up to the front as well. And if you are engaged to be married, to come up to the front as well. Because one day you will be a mama. And it's never too late. If you could come and get... from our minister's wives that are helping pass out. Thank you, Sister Rebecca. Sister Rebecca Mullins and the MIT team put these together. They did such a beautiful job. And I thank them for it. This oil, ladies, that I'm giving you is for you to anoint your home. And I want you to pray over your home. But Sister Johnson, my husband isn't living for the Lord right now. What will he think? You know what? Your prayers might be what brings him some salvation in his life. If your husband doesn't see you representing God, then he's not going to want to represent God. Start that prayer life today. Claim your husband. Claim your children in the name of Jesus. If you're like me, girls, I make mistakes as a mom. I do. And as your pastor's wife, I'm going to make mistakes. I am, and I already have, and I'm sorry. I always tell my children, I'm sorry. And it's okay to say you're sorry if you mess up and make mistakes. I want you to take this 
to your heart very much. Praise team, if you want to get your box, you can. But God hears your prayers and he cares for every one of you. And I want us to take a moment and I want us to pray over our children, over our husbands, and over our future. Not only for your children, but other children. Jesus, right now, God, you see every mom that is represented in this place, God. You see, Lord, their children. You see where they are at in this moment, Lord. They are like a Jacobhead. They want to see the best for their child. They want to see something good come out of their child's life, Lord. They need you, Lord, to protect them, Lord, and have a mighty hedge of protection over your kids. Lord, they are yours. They're not our own. We gave them to you, Lord. Protect them, God. Have your hand upon our children. Have your hand upon every mom that is represented here, Lord, as they lead their children, Lord, in prayer, and their husbands as they pray over their husbands, God, and are a good example for their family as a mother. Jesus, we all want to be more like you. We want to be more like you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. If you need more information, visit us at thesanctuary.church. And we pray that in the days to come, God continues to bless and guide you in Jesus' name.